Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, today on In Awe by Bruce, we have Chris Wall and Brock Starnes, the executive producers and more behind the Wingfeather Saga, written by author Peterson. You've probably heard his name before from music, but both these guys have great backgrounds in this area, including Veggie Tales. So I'm going to let them tell you more about this wonderful show that I've seen, and it's, it's beautiful. I loved it. And they can tell you more about what you can look for from it and what you should get from it and where it's going to be going. So, Chris, Brock, thank you for being on In Awe by Bruce. Thanks for having us. Good to see you. So Thanks, Bruce. The first question I usually ask people is, what made you so in awe of God that you pursued a path where you're working with animation, children, stories from the Bible, or stories that reflect biblical thinking or thoughts? Man, for me, it's the way that stories both within scripture and then just in the world around us um, in history and others can get at and stir things in our hearts that um, other means can't, right? Music does the same thing. It can, mm-hmm. it can create and, and start to scratch at an itch. And to, Lewis talked about getting after the, the sense of deep longing, right? Um, yes. For me, as, a, as even just a kid, having stories do that for me, and the way in which, of course, then Jesus used stories, especially stories with mystery, mm. where, where you, you finished and went, what am I supposed to do with that? How do I think about that? Right. How does it? It's not just a conclusive story. It's a, it's a mysterious story, though. That in particular certainly guided a lot of the things that I kind of curiously chased after in, in my career. You know, I, I like the way you said that it leaves it in a mystery that that's a good way to phrase the way he does do some stories. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm a, I'm a Davy and Goliath uh, veteran, so that tells you how old I am, but if you <laughs> remember that. Yeah, so Brock, how about you? Yeah, Bruce, I love that question to start the show off. I've always been drawn with the way in which media and entertainment brings people together. Both Chris and I, we met at VeggieTales and that brand, and it was always so uh, inspiring over the years to see the ways in which it brought families together, but it brought friends together. They might not believe in the same uh, values as VeggieTales, but they shared in the laughter, they shared in the stories. Yeah. Um, I think about personally just the, we live in Nashville, we produce this show from Nashville and the ways in which music, uh, a song can bring someone together or a concert brings people who don't know each other previously in a, in a point of connection to be reminded about the commonalities that we share as people, as people of of faith as people who live in the same city and, and who are neighbors to one another. And um, I love the, the ways in which the arts do that and we're able yeah. to do that with the Wing Feather Saga. Mm-hmm. So true. So as that's motivated you both to be here, can you tell me kind of a summary of the show and why it's a compelling adventure for children, but also adults? Well, I think in any given story, you want to see yourself in the story, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when I first read the book series with my kids, starting back in 2008, so long ago, I found that, right? As a dad of six kids, and we were homeschooling, and the way in which the family and kids within that made choices 
I saw myself both in the kids, right? Yeah. Like saw, hey, that's a version of me when I was young. And the way in which the family dealt with their trials and their their obstacles and, and solved together. That that Andrew talks about this a lot, that it's a family that not only loves each other, but they actually like each other. Like yes. They're gonna do a game night together. So I felt that and as we've now been able to put it into this, you know, animated TV format, we've heard that from other families too. Mm-hmm. That, you know, wait, that's like my family uh, in this story. And I think that's really unique that sometimes we watch stories because it is like someone else, right? It's like, I don't know what that's like to be Jason Bourne in the Bourne identity. <laughs> you don't? I, I, no, unfortunately, I don't, uh, Bruce. Uh, but in other stories, I find really deep connection, right? And and I think Wing Feather, for me anyways, was that draw into like, ooh, this is compelling. And as we've retold that story in this other format, right, off of the novels, finding that others are finding the same experience, right? That like either kids see themselves in the kids or their grandfather behaving in a way that their grandfather behaves. Or I think that's what you hope to tap into is that kind of common human experience that's informed by faith. And I think when you can inform that faith in a subversive and passive way, right? Just show me by your actions and how you behave and I'll get, I'll pick it out. I'll go, wait a minute. You're behaving in a certain way that you're guided by something. I can mm-hmm. tell, right? Okay. And I think that's what people are connecting with. Mm-hmm. Brock, anything you'd add? But, you know, my, my kids, probably like you guys have experienced too, is imagination plays such a key role after we watch a, a movie or a show together. They yeah. see themselves in those characters and in the action, and they often uh, then imagine themselves in that world. And it, it is expressed in drawing and in play and all these things. One of the things that's so exciting from my seat and from Chris that we get experience is watching the ways families experience this show. In the way in which they imagine, you know, the kids end up imagining themselves in this world and playing as these characters, which because these characters make the decisions they make, sometimes they make bad decisions and sometimes they make good, but but in the end, they are ultimately coming together and they are fighting against this evil. It is, it is an exciting thing as a dad to be able to witness the kids, my kids being, hey, I'm going to be like Lily. Wouldn't Lily do this? Wouldn't Tink do that? Wouldn't Danner do that? So to have a show that I feel excited about my kids and trying to embody those characters yeah. has been a treat to witness personally, but also uh, see it come out in, in other families. So what's a quick summary of the storyline so people know what to look for? It's been nine years since a terrible war ravaged their land, and we find a family, a mother, a grandfather, and three kids, living mm-hmm. on the edge of the dark sea of darkness uh, in a small home, trying to lie low and stay out of view of the terrible fangs of Dang, the bad guys. And over the course of season one, secrets about who this family actually is are revealed and sets them on a journey mm. uh, to flee and ultimately face off against this great evil and try to restore the world. So there you go, left with some mystery. That's right. <laughs> That's great. If there's an overall theme compared to the Bible, what would you say it is? Uh, where do we derive our identity? Okay. And I think this is, is something when I read the books, again, back in 2008, we were certainly in a time of identity. Where do I get my identity? Do I get my identity through mm. social media? Do I get my identity through my community at large? Do I get my identity through my family? You know, you went through a period of rebellion in the 60s of, and 70s of I formed my own identity. Thank you very much. 
Um, and I think we've seen that be bankrupt for a lot of folks, right? That as I go and try to form my own identity, and it's definitely kind of in, in the independent American spirit, that there's something hollow about that. And mm-hmm. that perhaps true contentment is found in identity derived in other ways. And so the story at its core is wrestling with what is my true identity as the creator put in, in purpose, right? And, and mm-hmm. if I can find that, I bet that's going to be my place of deepest satisfaction, opposed to as I craft my own identity, as I shape my own, here's who I am in the world, and perhaps that's distorted, I may find that it's not satisfying. And I think we're at a, a real, now, today, even a, a sharper point of that, where yeah. there's so much being wrestled with about my identities. My identity in my politics is my identity in my in my job, is my identity in my gender, is my identity. Like, it's so many places in which people are wrestling to try to find it. And some are certainly more satisfying than others. And this story is definitely wrestling with um, that at its core. And mm. it certainly aligns with the biblical ones. We see it all through Scripture, right? Plenty of times right. people said, I'm going to choose how to define who I am and how I fit in the world. Yes. Um, and versus that submission to not only to God, but also through the instrument of our family, through mm-hmm. the instrument of our local community saying, where do I fit in this? You know, mm-hmm. now that can be distorted, right? There is families that are broken and hold a, a person down from their God-given purpose in place. So that's true. But overwhelmingly, in my experience, families, you know, that love and support each other really can can help a person find that future. I, in, our, in my own journey with my six kids, my oldest is uh, 24, and we're coming alongside and discovering that journey together through adulthood and and. And that's a that's a joyful process, right? As oh, as a parent, oh, yeah. we have sounding board there, and yet so much of our culture is well, parents are kind of a dead weight to your dreams of all that you're going to be, and it's that's like, so true. Is that really true? I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's actually true. And I didn't. My own parents weren't that for me. Like I mm-hmm. to them, and we, sure we disagreed, and and God led in his in his way, and sometimes that was you know different than what my parents may expected. But but I just think there's more uh, searching for truth inside, as Disney tells us is probably maybe not as satisfying as searching for the truth outside uh, in mm-hmm. my and, and, and through my creator. Um, and I think the story just kind of sits in that epicenter and, and it doesn't kind of overtly talk about these things like we're doing. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. shows it. Like to watch how this family behaves, watch how these characters behave. And it kind of feels a lot like <laughs> what we see in scripture. Anything that you've seen in your own experiences from this that was a surprise? Has anything shocked you that you you didn't even think maybe somebody would get from it, but they have? Mm-hmm. Just curious. Brock, what are you? Well, my kids are much more into shooting bows and arrows than I thought they would ever be into. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have an adventurous cast here, and they are up against some high stakes, and uh, they step into it in a wonderful way. But it involves some fighting and some bows and arrows and some swords and all the the things. And so I have, because of my kids now, been practicing my my bow and arrow uh, shooting, which I was not planning on doing this year. So, okay. Good for you. Well, we are in a spiritual warfare, so there's a, not at people, but what's behind all this. There you go. That's right. So, yeah, there you go. Got that. So it's good. You'll have to, we want to see video now of you, yeah, exactly. at a target. Well, give me a couple more weeks. But Okay. Yeah. So one other thing I was wondering was, as you talk to parents, you guys are both parents of kids, watching this, reading the book, whatever. 
are the things that you might want to tell other parents would be good? Here's how to how to follow up. Here's what you can do to kind of encourage or instill this even further in your children's life. Any antidotes from your own lives? Yeah, I just have to comment as the guy who who produced VeggieTales for over a decade. So so you know I. Yeah. I've, <laughs> We had a lot of call to action, you know, because Bob and Larry had a countertop at the end, which is to say, yeah. what did we learn today? Well, here's some sticker. Yeah, we, so we were very, I think on Wingfeather, we tried to be careful there. In, in, yes. in that we don't want to break down the mystery uh, of the ways in which stories, okay. sometimes talking too much about what that story meant. And I've had this even with great sermons at our church that you need to just kind of sit with it. Like, I don't want to talk about it yet because there's a mystery that's working on me. And if I talk about it, it might burst the bubble of that, right? So so we're, we're careful to not ruin that. We joke about um, George Lucas ruining the force by talking about midichlorians. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow, come on. Keep it mysterious. But I think that what we are seeing is there's some great conversations about choices, right? About mm-hmm. when the characters make choices that are that's coming up as the story progresses for us um, through season two and beyond is, like Brock said earlier, they're going to make choices that are bad and it's yeah. bad consequences. And I think choices that have consequences and then how we deal with those and um, how does our family deal with those consequences? Is it punitive? Is it you're a bad person? or you did a bad thing, and, and kind of how do we work that? I think those are the kind of conversations that are easy to kind of to cue off of. And, you know, I, I think there's also always a sympathy for a really compelling bad guy, right? That I like that bad guy. He's really interesting, but oh, I wish he hadn't made that choice, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of cuts on both sides, I think. Yeah, even in a fantasy world like ours where there's things of dang and things like this, I think there's a commonality to the real world experiences. We have seen, you know, a number of our crew are based in Europe. Oh, okay. Uh, when we started the production back in 21 and it was into the first part of 22, uh, we had just had the invasion in Ukraine and and a lot of them are near there. They're, you know, in Austria and Czech Republic and kind of areas there and Germany. And it was very upsetting. Like, oh my gosh, we've got another invasion and just kind of all that where our story is coming off of an occupied territory, right? And so right. there was a real resonance. Uh, and even now in Israel um, and all that's happening there, we've heard stories of families that are like, we understand what war is. And this family is one in the story who's dealing with war and the aftermath of war and war coming again. And and so there's a real resonating place and discussion about how do we face great evil? And, you know, in the U.S., we've had a wonderful time of, global peace, right? At least as it affects us necessarily. And for my kids, war comes, unfortunately, we don't want it to, but, and then how do we face it when, when these kind of times occur to us? And, you know, I think that stories can help us unlock that, right. And can help us Mm -hmm. talk about it and maybe even pattern some things to say, well, see how so-and-so behaved in the story. Well, that maybe is how our family is going to face the same thing. And I think in all of that is pointing towards the hope that yes, there is war, there's troubling times, but there is a redeemer. Um, mm-hmm. There is there is hope on the other side of that and things that look completely lost can be made whole again. As a restorer, right. as, as a person participating in the gospel, like we get to be a part of that. We're agents of that restoration. And um, so I think, in, again, in, in stories, we can kind of unlock those and see what it looks like in real world mm-hmm. uh, terms. So anything you want to add, Brock, on that? Well, I mean, audiences need to be prepared to learn what a toothy cow and a thwap and uh, 
that doofy gather these other creatures that exist because uh whether you like it or not your kids will have questions <laughs> and uh there is a subtle humorous side to the series that, or that andrew wrote in from the beginning and it, mm -hmm. it was expressed in the books and now is pulled forward in the series that uh the world is similar to ours but it is also a little bit different and mm -hmm. um animals that seem like rabbits are not quite like a rabbit and ones that seem like cows are not quite like a cow. And so there's, there are all these facts as a parent, you will start to learn about these creatures that, that you're going to have to be prepared to, uh, to recite to your kids. That's great. Well, what do you want to tell everybody about the things that would help you or where they can find this? What, uh, what other things you want to see that people are listening? Oh man, well, however they want to engage in the story, we're there for it. You know, we're working hard on this animated series. But we're, we see that as a, another experience within this story. You can certainly go get the books. They're available everywhere mm -hmm. and have a read through. Maybe that's your first way in before you watch the series. Some people like that way. Or watch the series first. But uh, mm -hmm. the TV series is uh, available with Angel Studios. Same guys okay. that uh, distribute The Chosen. So angel.com. And uh, Wing Feather Saga is right there. And then uh, for those that want to extend their experience, of course, we have had the great pleasure of coming up with all kinds of fun things to bring, including plush toys of toothy cows, which are frightening and awesome. Uh, and then we actually put together a Art of book, uh, oh. season one, that is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Brock really led the charge on that. And it gives families a way to gather around and see the artistry while telling the story of our journey to bring this story to life, uh, which okay. has lots of its own twists and turns of, we're going to make it, we're not going to make it, we're going to make it, we're not going to make it, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it can be really encouraging to those out there creating in their own ways to see our journey and, and maybe take away some nuggets that are useful to them while seeing this beautiful artwork. We had nearly a thousand background paintings in season one by mm. an amazing team of artists. And that's really been a desire for our series to be visually like looking at a story book, right? Like just, just mm -hmm. a beautiful, like let your imagination wander. Um, something really intentional for us. And, and we've seen audiences respond, but season one is out there. Uh, season two comes out in spring. Okay. Another seven episodes. And that will take us through book two of the series. And yeah, we're, we're excited for folks to get to experience that real soon. Super. If, if you do prefer to buy your TV shows, which is a preference and I get that. You can yeah. do that on Amazon or iTunes, or, or there's even the DVD Blu-ray that's available of season one, which is a great introduction to the world. Okay, good. So a couple different options for everybody, and uh, as well as the books, that is great. You know, I appreciate you two coming on. Chris, Brock, glad to have you, and please everybody be praying for them. Help this keep moving forward. It's such a great thing. I am going to have to go look at that stuffed toothy cow. Because uh, I, I love that that animal. <laughs> and uh, thanks, Bruce. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you. And you guys take care. God bless. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for joining us.